Star Wars. Talking about Star Wars. Nerd in me loves Star Wars. So let's begin. Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerd in Me Podcast. Jonathan, what are we talking about today? Alan, today we're going to wrap up Movie May with our discussion on Solo, a Star Wars story. Woohoo! I think. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> story nobody asked for. Uh, when did you catch this movie? Uh, I caught this Thursday evening, uh, 8.30 show. and oh, then opening night, right? I did, opening night. And Look then I went, I went again Friday after work. Um, again, I'll say it at probably every movie review. I went again because, you know, the first time I've been watching movies the first time with a uh, critical eye. So I wanted to go back and just kind of sit back and enjoy it. Okay. Um, and, and really kind of judge if I'm being fair to the movie or not, especially, um, if I, if I didn't walk out the first time liking it that much. Um, but before we go any further, uh, to our listeners, this is a spoiler heavy discussion. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, press pause, go see the movie, or maybe not, and then come back and press play. <laughs> okay. All right. Nice. And uh, size of the theater? Pretty packed for an opening night or what? Um, for the 8.30 show, it, well, Thursday night, 8.30, uh, it, was, I would, it wasn't full, but it was decently uh, attended. I would say, I would say 80, 85%. Okay. And then for Friday after work, which is a 320 show, was it a 320? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say there were like six of us in there total. I saw it Friday afternoon about the same time in my theater. I, I kind of looked around right before the movie started, and there's must there must have been 20 of us maybe. Uh, not not full at all. I mean, well, like let's look back at the movies we've seen recently like black panther infinity war i mean those are pretty full theaters and this was man i could not believe how empty my theater was well i I attribute some of that to the fact that it was friday afternoon memorial day weekend so people were at least uh where i on the east coast they're on the road probably to the shore to the mountains so uh, i i gave a little leeway for that but six was a little startling and it was 320 schools had just gotten out so if kids and their parents are going to show up they're going to show up to probably show after yeah that mm-hmm. so i gave a little leeway for that but you're right um you know i did see the i did see infinity war around that time at one point and it was definitely much more packed and it's no secret if you've been listening to our podcast both you and i haven't been let's say that excited for this movie right or were you well let's talk about expectations um, okay for a second so, you know, we were poo-pooing this movie before. If you listen to some of our older podcasts, uh, we were poo-pooing this. And I think after our, our what we felt about Last Jedi, um, you know, I think right after Last Jedi came out, came all this news about changing uh, directors. Like, you know, more than halfway through the filming of Solo, they, they, they fired the two directors and put Ron Howard on there. So we were getting a lot of news out that this movie was in trouble, um, which I think kind of colored our expectations of this movie um we weren't looking forward to it um we were a little worried about it uh but in recent weeks after i i mean for me my attitude didn't change until after the second trailer drop which i 
I think I had said it in one of the podcasts, maybe for Infinity War. Um, I'd seen Solo on the big screen, the, the trailer on the big screen before mm-hmm. Infinity War. I was like, and it got, it got, it got me excited. I was like, oh man, this looks great. Um, you know, I kind of got that nostalgic feel of a Star Wars movie of, of the action and, and the, and the, uh, the thrills that you get in the, uh, Star Wars films. Um, so I would say walking into this, uh, my expectations weren't as low as they were for a long time. Uh, they were a little bit higher, but they still weren't like, like, oh dude, I'm going to see a Star Wars movie. Yeah. 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 How about you? Uh, I would say about the same. I, I know trailer two kind of hyped me a little bit got me a little excited and then i actually have a friend that saw the 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 movie oh boy like way earlier than opening day i think it was monday or tuesday he saw it and this guy was glowing over this movie uh saying that um you know like of all the movies he he put in this order empire strikes back um what do you say? Rogue One, and then Solo was his number three. And I was like, "Wow!" Is it, oh, you know, I was like, "That was impressive," you know. And uh, yeah, but um, I, that I think that just made me happy, but that that didn't necessarily made me hopeful for it because I still right. had my doubts on it too. Um, yeah, yeah, which is which is good, I think, because we we, we do have these, you know, uh, with Last Jedi, um, one of the major. Uh, um, one of the major reasonings people that did like the movie give why people didn't like the movies like oh you want to narrow these expectations and and you thought you were going to see this but you didn't see this and that's why you don't like it which I was like look you go into every kind of movie like these with expectations um, you know I, we, we went into expectations in Infinity War and pretty much none of what we thought was going to happen happened but we still loved the movie um, so I don't I don't subscribe to that r- rationale that Oh, because I didn't see what I thought I was going to see. I didn't like the movie. Right. So I, you know, I, I think we can both look at what we're going to say about Han Solo with clear, well, Solo with clear eyes, that we didn't have any expectations either way. Um, I could tell you this: I, I saw pretty much what I thought I was going to see. Um, I thought it was paint by numbers. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll discuss it further. But that's that's where I'm at. Like, it has nothing to do with my expectations being met or not met. Um, with my thoughts on this film. Okay, so going to this movie solo, uh, when you talk about expectations, are there particular beats of the movie that you were expecting to see? Well, I, I you know, I wanted to, and again, I, I, I said, I said this on a, a previous episode. I, I didn't just want them to ex- explain every little thing about Han Solo that we knew about him. Right. You know. Um, from the trailers, we pretty much knew we were going to see about the castle run, um, which I was okay with. Um, you see how he meets Lando. Um, I don't know if the trailers kind of hinted at how he met Chewbacca or if they had already been friends. Um, but I kind of thought we might see that too. Hmm. Um, so there were certain things, uh, nothing in the movie surprised me in terms of, of, of the plot, the overall story structure in the, in the storyline. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. I, I think uh, the only thing I was, I, I assumed and maybe I was looking forward to was a castle run because they mentioned okay. it through the original trilogy and then in a force awakens because that's, that's the big deal, right? Like, Oh, you did that, whatever. Right. Um, and that was it. Other than that, there was nothing about Han Solo's character where 
which you know made me question oh who is this guy where is he from you know i i mean i never had oh, any that you of those to know you mean. yeah yeah he wasn't yeah. he's not the type of character that they ever, ever painted as mr mysterious unlike let's say a wolverine right you know right. Um, but yeah he was a very straightforward character in the original trilogy and it was it was there was nothing about his backstory other than the castle run where they mentioned the original films uh right that ma- really made me think about him you know yeah you know i was thinking about this um uh, the, the past week before this movie came out it's and and i you know we've said it like who who asked for the story to be told um it wasn't something that was annoying at me like i needed to know these things about him um and i you know, I thought about the original trilogy, and I'm like, you know, the only one I'd really want to know more about as a younger person mm-hmm. uh, is Princess Leia. Right. Like, I would okay, love yeah. to know what her life was like on Alderaan. I would love to know how how Bail Organa got her involved in the rebellion. Like, how did he raise her to be this strong and um, um, leader? You know, right. uh, from the age of you know, if if you figure she's 18, 19 in the New Hope, right? You know, from that point on, like, how did she get to that point? Sure. Because you know, we, we, we know everything we need to know about Luke more or less. Yeah. Um, and like we said, the little things they drop in, in the dialogue of the original movies about Han was satisfying. You know, he, he, he did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. Well, that tells you that he's a good, good pilot. at whatever Kessel running. <laughs> yeah, right. right? Yeah. He's a good pilot. Um, you know, he has his old friend Lando who you kind of can trust and you can't trust. Do we need to see the, the that meeting? I don't think so. Right. Um, you know, he's got this Wookiee that hangs out with him. You don't know where they met, how they met, but you know that they, they die for each other and they're best friends, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I was a little worried they would over-explain all that stuff. And uh, unfortunately, they did, you know. Um, and you know what the worst part for me about this is that everything that they allude to Hansel's character in the original trilogy mm-hmm. basically happens in a three-week period in his life <laughs> right yeah you know, he meets lando he gets William falcon he eats chewy he does the kessel run it's like it's like if you and i continually talk about three weeks in college where we met and went on some kind of crazy event you know like that's all we tell people about it was just those three weeks like every 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 part of our personality was formed in those three weeks that's true you know, this gets, movie could easily have been a, like a graphic novel or be told in a comic book you know yeah, it didn't but, need to be a movie. But it's even that ridiculousness that every important detail about him we know happens in that short of a, a a time of his life. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like he gets the Falcon, he meets Lando, he meets Chewie, <laughs> he gets he gets his blaster. Right, uh, that's you know, right. The, you know, and that's what's the ridiculousness about that is why do you have to explain everything? You know, we were we were we were kind of hoping we'd see a Boba Fett. Um, uh, what you call it cameo and i'm right. kind of glad we did it because right. i'm like well at least there's something about it <laughs> right <laughs> that didn't happen in this one month of his life sure yeah all right uh well let's get into the story then sure uh you know when the movie starts off you know han and uh what's that other lady's character's name kyra, kyra. kyra. yeah but it's probably a q but it's kira kira um kira. you know it starts off like that kind of like how force awakens started uh where they're like that guy's kind of on the run i still don't know what was his deal like when you meet han solo or whatever his name is han right you don't really i didn't get a good feel as to who he was as a person yet you know like was he lifting cars i mean is was that his 
his occupation. Right. Well, the the the, the opening is a little weird too because if you remember, this is our first. Well, this is our second. I'm sorry. This is our second a Star Wars story movie after Rogue One. Now, Rogue One didn't open with any kind of crawl or anything on the screen. I don't believe, right? No. Um, this one didn't have a crawl. It just kind of had, you know, like story beats. Like this is where we're at. This is where the galaxy is, and 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 crim- criminal syndicates kind of run everything uh, beneath the Empire's eye and things like that. Um, and it just says, you know, a young man on the shipbuilding world of Corella, Corellia um, is, you know, yearning to to fly to the stars, which in a way, at first I'm thinking, like, is are they making – they're making hands sound like Luke because that's all Luke wanted to do is get <laughs> off the planet, you yeah, know, yeah. and fly. Um, so, they, they, yeah, it's those beats and this opening scene is him uh, hot wiring a car. Well, whatever, a space car. <laughs> yeah. And uh, – yeah, you're like you're right. We don't know what's happening, what's going on there. Um, so it, it does kind of throw you into the middle of the action. And and you know what's funny when I'm watching this movie, and I really had to think back: is this the first time where we're where we are seeing driving on streets? You know, like a car. Um, yeah, because in all the other movies, yeah. everyone's flying. And I'm like, well, why? You know, they had the technology to fly. <laughs> why? Why is he driving around? Right, like in Coruscant, in, in Attack of the Clones, when they do that chase, they're flying they're, yeah, through this the is, city. Exactly. And Luke has a, a, a land speeder, but he's he's around the desert. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And, and so how is that supposed to establish Han Solo as a great pilot? You know, like all I yeah. see him do is just driving around like he's drifting and stuff. And he had that cool move driving between two buildings, which he kind of failed at. But... Other than that, I, w- I, I couldn't take this character and think, oh, wow, this guy is a good pilot, you know? Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing a lot of these movies nowadays are doing. It's like, we told you this is something about them, so you have to believe it. You know, it's that old thing, don't tell us, show us. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, in the same respect, in, in the original trilogy, you could say, well, he brags about the Kessel Run, that's him kind of... But that's not even as heavy-handed as, like, like a, a thing a thing saying on the screen he's a great pilot <laughs> right you know mm-hmm. at least he's like hey i did the kessel run in 12 parsecs and you know we don't know what a parsec is and but we just go well he's bragging about it, so it's got to be something mm-hmm. um yeah you're right they don't establish that and and his age you know did they use de-aging kind of like what they did with michael douglas and ant-man in the beginning of ant-man did they on him de-age them yeah and that that those scenes are corellia didn't they look a little younger than they do later? Uh, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't get that feeling that they look younger, but they did look odd to me. Like I'm watching, I'm like, well, what, what's wrong with his face? You know, right? Like, so just uh, look um, different. Yeah, and I saw it more with with Kira, and I was wondering if were, they were different actors, or if they kind of de-aged them like they did, like I said, like Michael Douglas and Ant Man. Huh. Um, which is weird because they don't, you know, they don't. The rest of the movie only takes place three years later. Sure. Yeah, but if you look, I mean, for me, it was it was Kira. I thought Kira looked very different to okay. the point where I thought where I thought it was a different actress. Well, I'm glad you touched upon that because in the yeah. opening scene, it was like, what's wrong with his face? You know, kind of like that Henry Cavill Superman thing. Like something was just odd. Yeah, which makes me think like they digitally huh. made him a little oh, younger. Okay. Maybe you know? they did. Um, to kind of maybe get across that he's a teenager or something, maybe. Right. I don't know. See, that's the thing with the age thing. It's weird because, you know, he ends the movie going off to assume, we assume, to help Jabba. And I hope 
you know, I hope this doesn't lead directly into into a new hope because then there's a huge difference between the way he looks and the way um, Harrison Ford looks. You and know, I gotta they, tell you, they, yeah. they could have fixed that with just a haircut. You know, they could have just start opening the scene with just shorter hair. Yeah, and just assume yeah. that his hair grew out over time. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I I gotta tell you, not that he was bad at the. I actually enjoyed the acting. Yeah. I just I just couldn't help thinking like I really wish. This is a guy that looked more like Hansel. I mean, like Harrison Ford, or sounded more like Harrison Ford. Sure. I really felt like I needed that for this movie. I don't know why. Well, you look at Donald Glover playing Lando Calrissian. Uh, you know, the moment he started speaking, I was like, "Holy crap!" He is trying to channel um, Billy D. Williams. Yeah, and I, you role. know, I, yeah, I was listening to it a lot the second time around, and he does it mostly in the shipyard where the falcon is yes. that whole scene yeah and then he kind of slips in and out of it through the rest of the movie sure um like his inflection and I, he does a great when he does it he does a good job of it yeah um you know it kind of reminded me of of how hard you and mcgregor worked to get down um uh alec guinness's uh, uh voice and, yes. and his inflections and he does you know we know we think he does a great job with that sure um so yeah donald glover's lando was was, was good um and help sell him as Lando, I think. I, I thought I thought Donald Glover's performance was the best thing in this movie. He convinced me, you know, like if you think about those reminiscing of those warm, fuzzy feelings of Empire Strikes Back, I, I thought he did a great job. You know, when I heard his voice and I saw him, I saw his attitude, right. um, how he carried himself. Like th- that's something. Here's a character I really didn't care to know more of, um, but it was nice to know a little bit more about him. Right. And, and and I didn't get the same thing with with uh, Alden Enrenreich, whatever his name is. Uh, I don't feel, you know, if I think about this movie and I walked away like, did I know anything more about Han Solo that would flesh out his character more so? And I would I would say, not no. no. <laughs> the yeah, answer is no. no. That I didn't no. walk away with that like, oh yeah, I know Han Solo better. And I didn't I didn't feel like I was watching Han Solo. Han Solo. I. I like they kept telling me he was Han Solo, so I was like, "All right," but like when I'm watching Lando, I'm like, "Okay, I'm watching Lando," you know? Yeah. Uh, obviously, Chewie's Chewie. Um, and, and we have to give some credit to Chewie too, because Chewie's not just a big suit. I mean, this is a new guy in the suit doing this, right? Yeah. Uh, I think he did a fantastic job. Sure. Um, yeah. I think he reminded me of P- Peter Mayhew doing Chewie, mm-hmm. um, awesomely. Yeah. And um, so he, you know, he deserves credit for that, but. This is, you know, you're talking about. Did we learn anything new about Han Solo? And we just agreed to no. know. And this is where I think they missed an opportunity. So in order, to, he's so desperate to get off the planet, and I kind of like this little part of it. He's so desperate to get off the planet that he joins the Imperial Navy because he wants to fly. Right. Right. Why didn't we see that? Why didn't we see that? Like, yeah, because yeah. they're like, you know, when he signs up, the guys are like, all you have to do is take orders. Can you take orders? I mean, he kind of like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> gives like a sideways look, and I'm like. That's what I want to see. I want to see Han in the academy, you know, getting yelled at and, and giving crap back to his leaders and stuff like that. And the next thing you know, he's he's bounced into, you know, they they take us to a planet where the Empire's fighting a battle, uh, and he's a foot soldier. And you're like, and he even mentions how he got bounced out of the academy and into infantry. Right. Like I wanted to see that. I wanted to see what what like show us show us young Han. You know, show us that being, would have been uh, I think a better story to tell you the truth because that would have really fleshed out who he is. You know, like he, he that that he's not part of the empire. You know, kind right. of developed that 
aspect of his character, but uh, yeah, it's like yeah. I'm just here so I can fly your fancy ships. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that kind of attitude. And then and then you know even do a funny thing where he's like, well, I guess you're gonna bounce me out of the academy. Like no, we're gonna put you in infantry. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> um, I did like I did like the mud uh, the mud troopers how they're like a weird combination of because they weren't wearing stormtrooper armor per se right but when you you know the helmet and the goggles and the breathing apparatus on they look like stormtroopers like a new kind of stormtrooper yeah those so are cool i thought that was um yeah so so you know everything on that planet um was fine i guess and then you know we bounced to this war planet where they're fighting a war and, and han's like look we're the aggressors here we're invading their planet um, and that whole thing where he met Chewie, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was forced, I guess. Um, I would have liked to have seen more of of the Wookiees and yeah. enslaved. You know, right. I would have incorporated that a little bit more. Um, so let, let's talk about, you know, we're meeting all these new characters. You know, he meets Chewie, he meets Tobias Beckett, he meets Val, he meets Rio. Um, you want to you tell me your thoughts on, on just that whole scene and what was going on there? Well, um, Woody Harrelson, I thought he did a good job in this movie. I loved well. Woody in this movie. I really did. Yeah, he did a good job. That dude, <laughs> if I think about like a couple of movies I've seen recently, he's always, he always does well. Um, yeah. You know, he kind of remi- uh, what was the last one he did with uh, Hunger Games? Yes, the Hunger he had Games. the same haircut too, uh, <laughs> or something similar. He was really good in this movie. I thought he 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 looked like he enjoyed doing what he was doing. He's one of those names when they drop for the movie. I was like, "Oh wow, Woody Harrelson's gonna be that's that's a cool thing," you mm-hmm. know, like someone that I actually did recognize. I wasn't really familiar with Alden at all, and uh, Amelia Clark, obviously from Game of Thrones and stuff. So they had some good names in there: Donald uh, Glover, Thandi Newton. I mean, these are. It's so funny how these guys are so recognizable, and your lead character is the unknown guy. Right, you know? and uh, and I think Woody Harrelson outacted <laughs> the main character as well as Donald Glover did. You know, um, so yeah, I, I thought they did a, they did a really good job. And it, it, basically, this movie is just a, what a heist movie. You know, yeah, there's much. one stupid line that really bugs me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Anytime someone in the movie says, "Don't trust anybody," right? I'm rolling my eyes, thinking, oh, "Okay." <laughs> It's going to be one of those <laughs> one of those kind of movies. And he right, doesn't so, do it once. He does it twice. He says it at the beginning, and he says it towards the end of the movie also. I was like, oh, jeez. Right. And on. then when the betrayal comes, you're like, oh. Yeah. Uh. It's like, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, it was one of those. I was really just shocked on how plain this, this story was. I mean, when you think of Star Wars, you think space, innovation. Um, things you may have never seen before. This storyline was very straightforward. I, it was just like a like a caper film, you know. Like yeah, well, we gotta like get said, this to that. It was very bland. Yeah, and I just like I said, it was paint by numbers. They're like, um, let's do this, let's do that. Yeah, uh, Castle Run check. Yeah, two check. Get <laughs> right. his blaster check. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, you know, this happens, and it happens in in. In, in a certain order and uh even the part even toward the end i was like oh well maybe they're gonna save him winning the millennial falcon for uh, a sequel no. right <laughs> <laughs> just tag it on to the end i was like oh, okay yeah so that, that's like you know what that, you make a good point there's a checklist check 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 right down the list 
And that's what they did. Well, I think I think what we're experiencing is, and we talked about this before, is this movie. Like, it's not an awful movie. It's not a great movie. It's a mediocre movie. And I think that's, for us, as Star Wars fans, like, we want to feel something for a Star Wars movie. Love it or hate it, we want to feel it. And I don't feel anything for this movie. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not my wor- It's not my least favorite Star Wars movie. Will I rewatch it? Probably. Will I get it on Blu-ray? Most likely, because I buy all Star Wars movies. But, you know, and, will, you know, will I, would I change the channel if it's on cable? Probably not. But it's not a go-to. It's not like, oh, you've never seen a Star Wars movie before? Well, you got to watch this. You know, it's not going to be one of those things. You know, I almost texted you. I've been talking about how my niece is kind of getting into this stuff. Um, And she already told me that she wanted to go see this movie. And, you know, she hasn't seen the original trilogy yet or 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 or, uh, I think all she sees is Rogue One and bits and pieces of Mm -hmm. other movies. So I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get him to watch. You know, I want to watch them with her and stuff like that. Um, I want to watch them in in a certain order that tell a good story. And she said she was going to go see Solo, and I was like, oh well, that's okay because it does take place before the trilogy, right. the original trilogy. So it's not a big deal. But then I was after I saw this, I'm like, I almost wanted to like text her and be like, don't go see this because <laughs> it's not. It'll. I I really feel it'll have a negative impact on her enjoyment of the original trilogy by watching this. First. How old is she, by the way? 15 15 yeah okay yeah what do you think do uh, do you think this changes that i don't let's well that's a that's a big question well does watching this movie change my uh someone's original trilogy yeah i don't think it makes it better though again i don't think it makes it worse worse either you know i I don't think any less of han solo no but i think it takes away from the mystery of han solo because now you're like because in the original, if you see this before the original trilogy, you're like, oh yeah, the castle running. Oh, I know what he did there. And oh yeah, I know. I remember when he won the Falcon from Lando. Well, that's you know not necessarily I mean? a bad thing. It just means you're in on you're in on it too. Yeah, you know? I guess. Um, you know, my, my daughter is, uh, you know, she's a teenager, and uh, I couldn't put like we we both watched the movie, and I looked at it, and we're like, we were both on the same page. She was like, that. She's like, that's got to be the worst Star Wars movie she's ever saw. She was really like really upset with it too. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like uh, Star Wars. These are these are event movies. They're not your typical, like you know, let's let's put a movie out for the weekend. This is this is a big thing. It has a big pedigree. It has a deep, rich history. There's a lot of fan following behind it. So the expectations, whether you want it to be higher or not, it's going to be high. It, you know, there's you can't escape it. You just can't. It is it, it is a Star Wars story. You know, it's part of that universe on the big screen, and you I, you do expect something grand, something different. You know, I mean, do they have to? Because there's no Jedi's, does that mean they can't put a lightsaber in it? Is that like taboo? You know, it's like one of those things that they can't do. There is nothing innovative in this movie at all. We well, we saw speeder bikes. You know, uh, used differently, and, and that's about it. But other yeah, than that, that, that thing just looked like a box. Like that yeah. speeder bike was like, <laughs> and there was a lightsaber in it. I was thinking about that. Uh, there was. Think, think about the uh, cameo, the surprise cameo. Oh, all right. Because I was thinking about that too. I'm like, wow, I is guess. this the first one without a lightsaber? And then I was like, oh no, it's not. Mm-hmm. But um, no, you're right. And this is what I've I've come to the conclusion. Um, I mean, I really like. We've talked about Rogue One a little bit, and I we both really liked Rogue One. But I don't know that, and, and The Force Awakens was such a nice, like, nostalgic look back after, you know, when you think about the last movie before Fat Force Awakens was uh, was Revenge of the Sith and, and the, the, the prequels, 
it was like a nice palate cleansing movie that reminded us why we love Star Wars. I think people our age are really going to have to come to terms with, or at least you and I (laughs) are going to have to come to terms with, we're not going to recapture the old Star Wars. We're not going to go to the theaters and have that wonder and that amazement. Um, I, I just don't think it's it's going to be there for us anymore. And I'm not saying that these movies are bad. I just think, you know, like, we're so hyped for an Obi-Wan movie. But I think percentage-wise, it's we're more leaning. It's probably going to probably not live up to any expectations because we are building it up. Um, if I go see an Obi-Wan movie and I'm pleasantly surprised by how good it is, I'll take that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll take that. Um, you know, they talked about uh, James Mangold, the guy that did Logan, has signed on to write and direct a Boba Fett solo movie. So, you know, I'll take a decent Boba Fett movie. But I can't, I don't know, these pay-by-number movies, I don't understand it. I don't I don't know why. Like, Rogue One was a story we were asking for. How did they get the plans, you know? Right. And well, what's funny is when, when Disney took over Star Wars, I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was right off the bat they said, okay, we, we're going to do episode what was it uh seven eight nine right right at this year this year this year and then they made mention of a solo movie you know like they were they were gonna do these side movies and stuff and i wondered when they said that did they have a story at the time you know or did they did they just say okay han solo harrison ford cool character let's make a movie about him versus oh we got this han solo story that we need to tell you know i think they just said let's pick a character uh, a, a popular character, right? And, and let's do a, a movie about him, but we don't we don't know what story we're going to tell yet, you know? Right, and and I think, I think you're right. Like, do we have a story to tell, or are we going to tell a story with a popular character? And I think they they didn't go with do we have a story to tell. They went with all right, let's give a movie to a popular character, which is probably because to do with Boba Fett. Because what do we need to know about Boba Fett at this point that the prequels didn't tell us? Sure, you know, sure. Um, Boba Fett's probably one of those characters that probably has the most mystery amongst all the guys, and he's super popular too. Right, know? and that's right. probably a story that people would want would want to hear. And you couldn't criticize them. You couldn't criticize a Boba Fett movie because <laughs> there's no backstory. There's nothing to compare it to. But this stupid movie, I, I think they just didn't capture Harrison Ford's charm. You know, Han right. Solo as a character is a good character, but what makes him Han Solo is Harrison Ford. And it's just so bizarre where you have a, a, someone like Donald Glover channeling um, Billy D. Williams to play Lando. Or when you have Ewan McGregor channeling um, uh, what's Alec, it? Guinness. Alec Guinness to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. They didn't do that with this guy. You know, I mean, I joked before, there's this guy on YouTube uh, <clears throat> he was in Age of Adeline. That dude looks, sounds like he has a face, facial gestures of Harrison Ford, and that's who I think you should have gotten for this film. Someone that actually mimics Harrison Ford, not the look of Han Solo. This guy looks like he's like five seven. He's so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amelia Clark's like five foot nothing, so that's probably why they put her next to him. Oh. Um, okay, that's true. Yeah. So, I, no, I understand what you're saying. And, and here's the thing. He didn't do a bad, for me, he didn't do a bad job. He's just not Han Solo. Han right. Solo. Yeah. You know? And I just don't, I don't know. I, I, like I said, it, it's, it's, it's a worse place to be where you don't love it and you don't hate it. Because if I hate it, I could rail on it. 
You know, right. if I loved it, I could I could gush over it. Right. I, I it just it's there. It's just sitting there. It's it's <laughs> you know, and like I said, it, I was entertained. You know, it was cool to see the old the, the new the old new Millennium Falcon. Um, it was cool to see uh, you know the new Range Trooper. Um, I already picked up the Black Series. Thank you very much. And the new Lando one. I picked those up. Um, nice. I just don't. Yeah, like I'm not like eh. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's weird because we, we talked last week, I, I think during our Deadpool thing about oversaturation. Of, yeah. Specifically talked about the superhero movies, but I kind of included this and Last Jedi. Right. Because um, we've been go, go, go since November with Justice League and Thor Ragnarok. Right. When it comes to genre movies. And um, this is, you know, Deadpool 2 would have been a nice end to this little go, go, go that we had. Or even obviously if any war would have been a nice top off until Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know, now we have like a month and a half break between genre movies. Um, all right. So Star Wars Solo, I saw it. It exists. It's part of the canon now. Well, you know, when um, we talk about The Last Jedi, we, 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 I guess we kind of discover that they're not making these movies for us anymore. But no. when you do a movie Han Solo, hey, let me ask you, who was this movie made for? Was it made for us, the, the, like the old trilogy people, or is it for the new people? I th- well, I, I mean, my my heart would say it's for us because we're more invested in Han Solo than you would think. We're more invested than other people um, because he's killed in the new trilogy and he's not a present in the prequels. Which you know, I have friends that grew up like the prequels were their Star Wars movies, and they'll defend them until they're blue in the face. And right. you know, like my I guess my nieces and your daughter's trilogy, mm-hmm. you know, you know, barring the fact that you've shown, I'm sure your daughter's watched the original with you. Um and you know, their trilogy is this newer trilogy. So Han is this really old guy that dies in the first of the first new movies. Sure. So yeah, I would say it's for us. But you know so do you think what this that's what well I so here's the thing. When I'm thinking solo har- uh, a Star Wars story you know, from our point of view, are they fleshing out that character for us in a sense of who do we know Han Solo in the original trilogy? Or is this movie made not for us, for the for the new Star Wars people where they're talking about a guy in The Force Awakens that died and this is who he was? Um, you know? And, and yeah, so, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I felt so detached from this movie. It's, it, I think I wanted to be more attached to it. There was... There was, there was nothing that made me want to like this particular film. I mean, I did I wasn't looking forward to it. I didn't leave anything with anything more. It was right. an okay flick. I mean, it wasn't like garbage, you know, um, but it, it, it didn't add to anything. And, and I, I think you're right. I, I think I'm Star Wars saturated right now. Yeah, I just, I just think these movies are not being made for us anymore. I think... I think shows like The Clone Wars was, and you know, you don't watch these, but The Clone Wars was, and I think Rebels definitely was. I loved Rebels, and Rebels, because Rebels brought me back to, and it's a brand new story, and, and it's people I don't know, you know, in the beginning, obviously, and, and you know, as the, as it went on, they, they reintroduced some older characters, but it really, it felt like, Rebels felt like Star Wars, Clone Wars felt like Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, and Clone Wars, I think, had a bigger hurdle because they were relying purely on prequel uh characters and things like that but i'll put and i'll put any three episodes of clone wars up against the 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 original the the prequels any day um in terms of quality and storytelling and things like that 
so I, I don't, you know, we said this before. I don't think these are for us anymore. I don't think they're ever going to be for us anymore. <laughs> I think these are, these, these are for the younger generation. And the thing is, they got us by the short hairs because they know. Look, they know you're going you're gonna to raise your daughter to, to, or expose your daughter to this. And if she latches on to them, she'll be buying the merchandise. And then when they put movies out 15 years from now, she'll be taking her, her daughter or son, you know what I mean? Like things like that. Oh Take no, she won't. Knees. She did not like this movie. <laughs> she ain't buying crap of this stuff. But um, right. anyway, there, there's some things that, that that just really bother me. I'm, I want. I need to get this off my chest. All right. Sure. sure. Uh, when they, when they're doing the castle run and Hans flying the Millennium Falcon, and he's driving literally with a steering wheel, and I was trying to think back. Did we ever really? Never. Yeah, Never did we ever see it? It looked like he was literally driving a car, which right. when you're driving a car, it goes left and right. And he was driving this thing like he was driving that, that land speeder in the beginning of the movie. And yeah. I was like, this look, for some reason, it just looks so odd watching him fly this thing. It had know? two steering wheels. It never has. A, if you look in the, I'll tell you this. And my friend, I have a friend that loves Star Wars too. He's, he's the guy that loves the prequels. Yeah. I, I think he, I, I think it was him. He argued with me. I said, there is not one wheel in the original trilogy, like a wheel wheel. There's no, there's no landing wheels. There's no wheels anywhere. Right, right, and that includes the steering wheel. There's no wheels in any <laughs> of the, uh, in any of the movie. And right. all of a sudden, the Falcon's got the. It's got an escape pod. It's got. Uh, it's got a steering wheel. <laughs> it's got two steering wheels. It's got a mini bar. Didn't he say he put a mini bar? <laughs> Yeah, I was like, that looks weird. In the beginning of the movie, he's he's driving that land speeder, and he's shaking that steering wheel left and right, and the thing's just right. going dead straight and stuff. It was just, it was a weird effect to me. And the other part that, that really that really got to me, it was I was mixed because there was a bad scene and a good scene all mixed in one. Is when they're escaping, and you know the whole crew's in front of the Millennium Falcon, and they're all shooting and stuff. And you know what scene I'm talking about? They're all out inside the Millennium Falcon. It's where um, L three oh, dies when they're escaping. Uh, the, they're escaping the planet. Yeah, Castle. they are literally standing out in the open shooting. Meanwhile, the bad guys are setting up these Gatling guns and stuff. Yeah, Lando's wearing a yellow shirt and he's standing <laughs> out like a sore thumb. And they're literally just standing out in the open, not getting shot. They're yeah. not getting shot. Cool scene mixed in Lando going after L three. I thought that was a pretty cool move. Yeah, that was a great move. That was a great move. Great scene. Then he runs in. Everyone r- runs in the Money Falcon, right? Out comes Kyra with grenades. Ah! <laughs> She's loving <laughs> grenades. <laughs> and then she runs back in again. It just, it just seemed like such a weird I battle think, scene. You know? Yeah, I think you could justify that by saying that the people, the guards, because <laughs> they were on like some kind of, it was like a slave mine or something, right? Okay. So, so you would think that the, the, the mine, the, the, the guards in the mine, were going after the escaping slaves and maybe they weren't paying attention so much to Han Ugh. and and Lando and all that. That's the only thing I could think of. Well, they're shooting at the Millennium Falcon. I mean, you can right. clearly see things going up. I'm like, they're, just, they're standing right, right there. Are these guys worse shots than the Stormtroopers? <laughs> I guess they are. But again, it was mixing with a cool Lando slide and yeah. then they all run in and then Kyra runs out screaming, ah, she's, she's lobbing grenades and she runs <laughs> back in again. It was people, just yeah. such a funny scene. Was, all right, that, that, was, that, that was my grape. <laughs> I got a few grapes. <laughs> you ready? We don't have two hours. <laughs> uh, we can do part two. <laughs> no. Um, L7. Oh, yeah. Can we not L3, have a yeah. sassy droid in one of these movies, please? <laughs> can we please not have a sassy... Talk back droid. Because frankly, 
they keep giving these droids personalities. They're all sassy. Like, then they're then they're slaves at this point. They're slaves at this point. Yeah. If they're of, of independent, I mean, she literally asked for equal rights. <laughs> <laughs> she did. So those are the exact point words. Of having droids, if, you're, if they're going to be slaves, you know, and this goes always back to Jedi in Jabba's palace when the one droid's getting tortured, like his feet are getting burned. Right. Yeah, and you're like, why would you give droids the ability to feel pain? Yeah, he's like, ah, his feet are burning. <laughs> so and, you know, and I was like, look, I love K two S O was great, but even his sass is getting on my nerves. I'm just like, stop with the sassy droids, <laughs> right. just stop. Sassy droids. Um, so there's that. There's the uh, like the the. My huge thing is all, all, like, all these major milestones of his life happened in three weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's amazing everything all. happened. Yeah, got his gun, met Chewie, met Lando, got the Millennium Falcon, boom, let's make a movie. Yeah. So, uh, let's bring up the cameo. Okay, let's. So, um, you know, the whole movie's talking about criminal crim, criminal syndicates, and, and they're actually doing a job for it. Was it Crimson Dawn, I think they're called? Yeah. That the criminal syndicate is called Crimson Dawn. That they are doing this job for stealing basically hyperfuel. Um, can I tell you during this whole movie? I forgot what they called the hyperfuel. Like mm-hmm. they had like a name, but I was like, well, at least it's better than calling it unobtainium. <laughs> I kept thinking that. I thought at least it sounds like a real thing as opposed to some unobtainium. Yeah, it was like a, a little check mark one. for them. I'm like check mark for originality. I'm naming the fuel something that sounds like a real name or something. Um, they should have called it Go Fastium or something. <laughs> Hyperdrivium. <laughs> anyway, so um, so they're talking about criminal syndicates. So wait, hold uh, on a second. Unobtainium. <laughs> that's a good one. Okay. Well, no, that's what they call the fuel in. Um, you know what that is, right? Unobtainium. No, no what is that? No, that's that's the mineral they're mining in in um, Pandora. What that? What's that movie? Avatar. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, it's called unobtainium. Ugh. That's what they're mining on Pandora. Why would you know that? Because it's so stupid, I couldn't find it. <laughs> okay. Which, by the way, $2.8 billion. Ugh. Okay. So <laughs> how, how, do you, how is it that anyway, we're seeing Darth Maul in this movie? Oh, I was leading up to it, dude. You spoiled it. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> all right, so this is criminal. That's the thing. Well, this is what I want to talk about. So... I'm, I just stated, I watched the Clone Wars, I watched Rebels, they reintroduced Darth Maul in Clone Wars, they, in Clone Wars, you find out how he how he comes back to life. There's, he's got this whole awesome storyline that goes through both cartoons, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that Drayden Voss, played by Paul Bettany, who looks like the, the main guy, he has a boss. He brings it up. He goes, you know who we work for. Well, at, at the end of this movie, toward the end of the movie... Kiara, or Kira, whatever her name is, contacts their boss, and it turned out to be Darth Maul, right? Right. Now, as someone that is very familiar with how he came back and all this other stuff, even I had to go home and go to the internet. I'm like, why is he there? Like, how does that make sense? <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm like, so someone like you who hasn't watched cartoons or anything, like the last thing you've seen in Darth Maul was him getting sliced in half in Phantom Menace, right? Yeah. So now everybody's going home wondering, why was he there? Yeah, and I don't think that's fair to do that. I don't think it's fair to do that to the casual fan to throw an Easter egg in there and then not not pay it off. Because if there's not a sequel to Solo, 
does this get paid off? Does his appearance get paid off? Maybe in a book, maybe in a comic book, but not in a movie. Han Solo 2. Right, but if they don't do that, then what's the point? Right. And I don't think that's fair to people like you or, or the casual Star Wars fan that doesn't go deep like I do. So uh, while it was great seeing Darth Maul live on screen and it kind of makes everything in the cartoon. I mean, the cartoon stuff was canon already, mm-hmm. but it's cool to see, you know, like when the Rebels, the Rebels ship uh, ghost was in the um, was in the shot in uh, in Rogue One. That was cool. You know, when Chopper, the droid, you know, goes by the screen in Rogue One, you're like, oh, that's Chopper. I mean, if you, it's a nice little thing, but I, I just felt the whole Darth Maul cameo, while it was cool to see him, was really a disservice to the casual fan. Yeah, it's funny because I, I'm not familiar with the cartoon. So when I saw Darth Maul, I was thinking, is that him? You know? And the only way they can really confirm it was when he, he grabs his lightsaber for some reason. And right. he, he turns on the double blade thing, which didn't make any sense. Like, why do you turn on his lightsaber for? But exactly. uh, other than that, I would not... I would think, is this another, like another Darth Maul race? And it was very confusing to me. Right. So you weren't even sure if it was Darth Maul, just someone from his race. Right. I just The only thing that, that convinced me was when he turned on his lightsaber, he just had to light it up. Even though he's in a hologram, you know, FaceTime call. Uh, but that's about <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is, and and the thing is, you know, his lightsaber had that curved blade on it. Yeah. Oh, no, I so didn't that know was that. yeah. That was, that that means it took place after his resurrection. Plus, he had cybernetic legs. Did they show as, that in the in the movie? I didn't write. They, show, they showed the legs because he's sitting on a chair or whatever. Yeah. And as as the camera's kind of rotating to his front, you'll see you can see his legs, and they are metallic. Okay. So he's he's got cybernetic legs, which again explained in the cartoons. But for someone like you or someone that hasn't seen or doesn't follow as closely, you're like, what what is Darth Maul doing here? Like, what is this all about? Yeah. Um. And basically, what happens is after Darth Maul comes back. Long story short is. Uh, he, it turns out he has a, you know, he has a brother. His brother's the one that helped bring him back. Um, gave him, you know, got their mechanical legs. And he's not a Sith Lord anymore. Actually, he's he's actually, uh, um, run, you know, running. I guess from Palpatine. I don't know. Um, I think he's running from him. Uh, but they basically become like the head of a like they they form a criminal organization that kind of uh, joins together a bunch of smaller criminal organizations. So I guess that's what Crimson Dawn is like. They they're the head of a bunch of smaller ones. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah, and so well, if that's the case, he should have looked a lot older. You know, white uh, beard well, at least. I mean, <laughs> he looked the same. I mean, are you supposed to tell me that? And this is what I didn't like. It felt so disjointed to see Darth Maul, who you would associate with fighting a Jedi. If they're going to win him Han Solo too, it's like, what, are you telling me Han Solo's going to be up against this guy? You know, I mean, it would make more sense if, if they do, like, this Obi-Wan film. Then this is a good springboard for that. Right. Well, the thing is also this. but this, I mean, you go through yeah. the whole movie without talking about any Jedi, and then, boom, it winds up, oh, it's freaking Darth Maul. Yeah, and the thing is this. They're complaining, you know, Ryan Johnson wants people to realize that the universe is much bigger than the Skywalkers. Then how would you have Han Solo interacting with Darth Maul at any point? Like, that kind of makes the universe seem real small, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. So, <laughs> whoever's in charge over to Kathleen Kennedy, you don't know what you're doing. Okay? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I just don't... I don't know. I, it was so... 
I was like, oh man, Darth Maul. And I'm like, oh man, Darth Maul. <laughs> like, once it hit me, I was like, that doesn't, it doesn't make sense in this. <laughs> it makes sense in the, in the slightest way because in, in, in the cartoon, he, do, he is kind of the head of a criminal organization, right. him and his brother. Okay. And Dothamir is his home planet. When, when he says to Kira, you know, come home to Dothamir, I have much to teach you or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I, I, I didn't think that was fair. I didn't think it was right. Um, Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of stuff. I, I, I want to be fair to you know. I always try to be fair to the movies we talk about. Um, what did I like about it? You know, I, I, those are two of the main things I really. I mean, the whole thing I've been talking about things I don't like. But I, I mean, what I liked about it, I thought it was a. I liked, like I said, I loved Chewie in it. I love um, uh, Woody Harrelson, Tobias Beck. Oh, here's another thing. In Rogue One, they introduce us to all these cool characters, right? Yeah. But we kind of know that they they can't survive. We you know because we don't see them in future movies, right? right? Why couldn't first of all Val and Rio? I don't understand the point of them. Like they were on screen for like five seconds. What's the point? <laughs> right. Um, and it's a waste of a great actress in Sandy Newton. She's she's tearing it up in Westworld on HBO right, right now. And do you know who the voice of Rio was? Oh, uh, um, I do actually. Favreau. Yes, it was John Favreau. Yeah. And he was doing a good job and he seemed like a cool character I wanted to get to know a little better you know and they kill him and then um, Tobias has to die why do all these people have to die like why can't they be alive 30 years later and, you know, I just don't it's because we don't see them they can't kill everybody that we don't see in, in a later movie you know what I mean? <laughs> well that's what they're doing though yeah yeah I think that was a waste and Tobias Beckett was such a great character um he was like a yeah right and 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 did you see the, the a lot of homages to the original trilogy? Uh, Han Solo with the thermal detonator. Oh yeah, yeah. Han shooting first. Right. Um, oh, there were others. Oh, the the Rancor pit was pretty much where Han and, and Chewbacca met. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, that was pretty much. So you're like, all right, I get it. Homage, homage. I get it. Um, yeah. I, I, what I like about it, I'm trying to think what I liked. I like the new Stormtrooper look. I like the Mud Trooper look. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Paul Metney's uh, guy, Dryden Voss, Voss yeah. he, was like, uh, he was like a nice bad guy. Yeah. You know? Oh, you didn't, you know, you you, you failed to give me my shipment. I'll give you another chance. Go ahead. Go, yeah, or, go, but go, I'll go kill you if you fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> which is funny, which was a little weird because they introduced him by, by him killing like a regional governor. Yeah. They're like, oh, he's with the regional governor, and the next scene is uh, the first scene you see him in is he's pulling a dagger out of the regional governor's body. Sure, and you're like, what the f-? like? <laughs> all right, so what is this guy? Is he a nice guy? Is he a, a ruthless killer? Yeah, like what's going on? And I can't believe it. The end scene where when when Dryden's fighting Han, Dryden's carrying a, a dagger, and Han's got a blaster. What the, what the hell are you hiding for, man? Just get up and shoot the guy. <laughs> I was so annoyed with that. And 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 was, <clears throat> I'm confused. Was Han carrying a torch for Kira for three years or not? Because his whole life was about getting a ship and getting back to Corellia, right? To, to find get her. her, yeah. And then when he finds her, it's like, oh, okay, hey, what's up? Yeah, and she's and then, like, yeah, hi. Okay. And then, well, you don't know who she is, and I'm different now. Well, let's explore that. Yeah. How are you different? What happened? Are you a slave? Are you here willingly? Whose side are you on now? Like the ending is just weird too. Yeah, they don't explain uh, what happened. Yeah, Ugh. no, because they're too busy explaining stuff we already know. <laughs> you know, 
So I, you're right. It doesn't add anything to the Hansel's mythos. It didn't add anything a lot to for me to the Star Wars universe. You know, is 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 that Enfi Nest supposed to be the start of the rebellion? Like we never heard of her before. She's never. She, there's nothing about her in Rebels or anything like that. You know, right. is that world that feel is going to the rebellion? Sure. How old's the rebellion? Where 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 is this in the timeline? Why you know? is rebellion? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess you would assume that she she sparks something with the rebellion somehow, some way. Yeah, but like like where is it? is this? Where does this take place? Is it right after? Because um, you know, Darth Maul has a definitive ending in the Rebels cartoon. So you know it obviously takes place before that, but where? You know. You're right. I don't know. I guess well it's definitely before Rogue One. Well it has to be. Yeah. Definitely like well, years before be. Rogue yeah. One, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So like how how far after Sith is this? Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. It'd be nice if Disney or you know, if they if they put more of a definitive timeline to kind of set your brain as to where things are. Yeah. Well, I mean you probably have to look it up online like I'm about to do now. Yeah. No, <laughs> don't. Anyway, do you have anything more to say about this movie? Um, I would say, look, if you're if you're a casual Star Wars fan, you got a couple hours to kill. Go see it. I, I, you know, I wasn't hating it. It was I, I didn't regret going to the movie. I just wish it was a little. It was a lot better. That's all. Um, you know, I I think my surprise though, two things. This, this is like my big thing. I think there's a reason why I'm so like frustrated is, you know, the writer on this is Lawrence Kasdan and Jonathan Kasdan. And Lawrence Kasdan has wrote really good things, things that you and I love. You know, he wrote Empire Strikes Back. He wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, he has that feel. Uh, and I, I was like, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But though I did read that, the son, Jonathan Kazan, I think wrote the bulk of it. And then, again, then you have Ron Howard coming on board as director. I can't blame him because it was a, they, they talked about reshooting 70% of the movie. I'm sure that's not easy to do. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if if saving the movie with Ron Howard was the right idea now, or should they have just done the original story, whatever that could have been. And maybe that would have been a tighter story. You know, having someone come in and reshooting 70% of the movie, like, how do you get something to flow correctly, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just, I, it I felt disjoint. It felt like there's so many plot holes or, or, or storylines that I think, that, like things that you just mentioned earlier, that do make a lot of sense. I mean, those are things that I, I think I'd be more interested in than the stuff that I watched in the movie. Right. So. Yeah, I, I I just think they took a wasted opportunity. I think they played it safe. I think, it, like I said before, paint by numbers. Um, let's hit this beat. Let's hit. Let's tell this story. Let's tell how this happened. Let's tell this happened, and boom, we got a yeah, movie. Exactly. You know? Right. Um, so I'm look. I'm looking at the official timeline, and it says it takes place between 14 years before the Battle of Yavin and nine years. So there's okay. like a five year window where it could take place. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, do we see a? Do we see depend? Do we see a uh, solo part two? I, I mean, are we gonna are we gonna see it? No, I mean, will they make one? Well, yeah, they're making one. Like I, because I know I'm gonna go see it. 
Did he did it spell a gazillion I hate that they got me like this. I really hate yeah. it. I don't know. I hate that they got me like this. I yeah, you. I guess it's going to depend on the box office, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, when, like we said earlier, you know, Jonathan, you saw it uh, Thursday and I didn't see it till the day after. And you and I haven't been talking about this movie up to this podcast and i was i was actually telling my family like oh i think i wonder if this can be the first podcast where you and i would be like total disagreement you know like because you you texted i'm gonna see it again I'm like oh wow i guess he liked it you know like he's gonna see it twice and uh and i walked out like oh my god i think we're gonna be arguing this podcast (laughs) like we're gonna have such a like i was so curious to figure out what is it that you liked about this movie that i didn't see and and then i told you like i think i need a second watch then just to be fair and that's the only reason why i did that second watch it because there's maybe something that you saw i didn't see and when i saw the second time i was like oh no <laughs> i still feel the same way yeah i mean that's why i saw it the second time because i'm like i have to be fair to this movie because like i said you know i, I watched it the first time oh, a lot of these movies i was I'm very critical so i walked out of here like what was that like what is, like come on dudes and then, yeah. so i'm like go see it again you have a movie pass go see it again and I saw it again, and I liked it a little better. But you know, all these—it's uh, when all these thoughts I just talked about came up. You know, why? Why did we have to tell the story of everything? Why was it a three-week period of his life where everything happened? You know, that it's just—it's—it just adds to the unbelievableness of Darth Maul. Why? Just right. a bunch of whys. Like, why did this happen? Why did this have to happen? Yeah. Why are these stories? And look, I'm not—I'm not one of these guys that go on the internet or or whatever and say I could write a better movie. But in in the short time we've talked, we came up with three different ideas that could have been in this movie that would have made it a little better so it's it's not like i don't want to say it's not hard i'm just saying it's like i don't feel like they put they're putting effort into some of these movies sure you know yeah well my my second viewing was was a little better was a little better and so i think that mindset that i have to go into these movies now is just go in there and expect nothing just sit there be entertained and see these characters develop in front of me but th- there is no emotional connection. I didn't feel for Han Solo. I didn't. I didn't think, it, you know, that his relationship with Kyra meant anything. You know, I didn't. I didn't feel any loss between the two. And th- there's nothing. You know, I didn't see it develop. I didn't see it grow. I didn't see it pull apart. It was just on screen. It was just talking. You know. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. And and look, episode nine is our next movie, which is December of 2019. And between what Ryan Johnson did to the franchise and this lackluster performance, yeah, I'm going to go see it. But am I jonesing for it like I was The Force Awakens or Last Jedi? Absolutely not. Right. I I think that you're right. This is the mood that you and I have to be in when we watch these movies is expect them to to not like it. Just expect crap and then hopefully it can be elevated from there. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing this, innovative in this movie. There's nothing, absolutely nothing. This was not to me a Star Wars story. This was not a Star Wars no. story to me. It doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie. It didn't have any of that resonance to it. There's nothing right. innovative at all in this movie. It was just blah. Paint by numbers. You know what? If you read, if you listen to this podcast, listen to Jonathan's first sentence of this movie and the podcast because that's what you need. <laughs> well, no, listen to the whole. Thing. What are you doing? Well, to get to this. Hey, point, we're an hour time. in. We can see. That's true. To get to this point, <laughs> um, but don't tell your friends that. Um, yeah, I just don't. It's so lackluster and so. They needed this. They needed this to be better. They need. I, I don't. They can swear up and down. I guarantee you, if they have a bad box office, they're going to be 
all these sorts of excuses or uh, not even excuses, but like, you know, I think the numbers were great. You know, Ron had a short period and he did a great job. You know, we'll hear all that kind of stuff. We're happy with the box office. Oh, yeah, of course. Who wouldn't want more? All that nonsense we're going to hear. But they have to know that after the reception of The Last Jedi, that this needed to be a better movie. Right. And I don't even mean in terms of making money. I mean a better movie. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. Just better story, better Make better movies, Kathleen. <laughs> I'm done. And I'm sped. Uh, <laughs> all right. We're done. All right. Uh, any, so. <laughs> yeah. any thank yous? Uh, yeah, Alan. We uh, we have some new people that favored us on um, on the Anchor app. Um, and we want to send them shout outs uh, and say gracias to them. Um, gracias, of course, is Canadian for thank you. <laughs> so, uh, La Vida Langhorn. Gracias. The B-Boy Mario Kart Show. Thank you. Trigger TWS. So, thank you. I don't know why I said so. Uh, the Cure for Ordinary. Thank you. And Ty Thompson. Thank you very much for subscribing. Tell your friends if you enjoy what we're doing. If you're listening to us via iTunes, please, please, please rate and review if you're enjoying what you're hearing uh more rates and more reviews get us some more exposure on itunes which gets us more listeners which make us smile and don't you want to make someone smile today you're weird you can I, find I, us I, on anchor fm nerd and me facebook.com nerd and me podcast instagram nerd and me twitter nerd and me podcast youtube nerd and me podcast and if you want to email us nerd and me podcast at gmail.com and that's where we are and thus ends movie May. Thank we'll God. Be going back. Yeah, I know. We'll be going back to our uh, regular goofy uh, shows. This was exhausting. It really was. Movie, <laughs> movie, between Infinity Month and Movie May, I'm exhausted. It was exhausting. Uh, yeah, it really is. Uh, but be sure to listen to our Wednesday uh, slash Thursday show, The Week of Geek, where Al and I go over uh, all things geek uh, in the news for that week. There you go. And, um, yeah, so I guess I'm guessing our next movie might be what? The Ant Man and Wasp? Ant Man and Wasp, yes. I, I don't know if we're doing or Jurassic World, maybe. That's oh, in June. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. Well, we'll let you know as we get closer. All right. Okay. All right. Till next time. Martha. Peace. Peace.